Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Unapologetic Woman. I'm really excited about talking about this topic that I'm going to bring up today. And the reason is because it's really been coming up quite a bit with multiple clients, with peers that I'm talking to. And to be honest, it's actually brought up a bit for myself as well. So I'm going to describe a client of mine, and I want you to tell me or think to yourself what comes to mind as I'm describing this person. And this person, to be honest, is also a culmination of multiple clients of mine, but I'm going to really talk about this one particular moment. So this client, she came into coaching because she wanted to be a better leader. She wanted to really empower herself and feel that she's ready to take on some responsibilities that have been given to her in this new role with having a team that reports to her. And she talks about how she's devoted and she wants to show up for her team. And, you know, she really has this open door policy and she actually is working in two roles at the same time. One, she has this full-time job. And the other is that she's building her business as an entrepreneur. And she set these expectations where although in her job, her boss has told her what's expected of her and where, you know, her standards are. And in the other case, in her entrepreneurship, she's also been given some milestones. And in both cases, the milestones that are realistic and they've been set there for her feel like they're too average and that she should be doing more. And so she sets these unrealistic expectations on herself, works till 2 a.m., makes sure that, you know, she's meeting these goals, even if it's within the last 24 hours of making that milestone an accomplishment and continues to avoid parts of her work because she wonders if, you know, it's ready for the world to see and continues to do one iteration after the next iteration. And to the point where she's also avoided showing up to coaching because, you know, what I tend to do between coaching sessions is I will give some kind of an assignment or an activity And she hadn't had the time to do the reflection on the assignment 
And so she didn't want to come to coaching feeling unprepared and not having done her homework. When I had iterated that coaching and the reflection work or activity is there for her, but it's not a school assignment where, you know, the coaching is really a safe space for you to show up and with whatever's going on, but not a place to make you feel bad that she was doing to herself for not having done some work in between. And so I'm sure at this point you've figured out that what I have on my hands here is a classic case of a perfectionist who wants to be seen in the perfect way, not let others down, really worries about how other people see her and her ambition and her drive imbalances her realistic expectations of herself. She's incredibly hard on herself and nothing is ever good enough. And it's really hard to delegate or feel that she shouldn't be fully involved in a project when it could be delegated because she must learn everything from A to Z and be part of it, but then really question if it's ready to move to the next stage and if she has the full context and keeps burying herself into the research. So this is a case of someone who is a perfectionist. And I'm curious to how many of you can relate to this. How many of you are nodding your head right now? Like, yep, been there, done that. Absolutely. And I can tell you that I absolutely can. And, you know, sometimes as a coach, when we work with clients, they bring up things and it reminds you of a time when you had experienced that. And I can say like, you know, I am a, I was a perfectionist. I am a recovering perfectionist and I will be that for the remainder of my life because it is something that you're constantly evolving. And where does this come from? You know, this incessant need to not let others down, but guess who I am letting down in the meantime is myself. And this client reminded me of me a lot. And when I struggled to even acknowledge that I was a perfectionist, And even when I did realize I was a perfectionist, oh my gosh, the shame that I had and, you know, couldn't see the fact that it was damaging. You know, I would look at it as like, but you know, isn't it great to be ambitious? Isn't it great to be driven? Isn't it great to set these like goals and feel accomplished and have this checklist and wanting to present the highest quality of work and, you know, making sure that you're showing up in a way that's presentable. Aren't these great qualities? Well, yes, absolutely. And this is exactly what I'm going to talk a little bit further about today because, you know, perfectionism is way more complex than a simple yes or no to if it's good for you or bad for you. And there's a spectrum. And one of the things is to realize is that in different parts of our lives, we show up differently. So we may show up with higher perfectionism tendencies if we're in an environment that's highly competitive or we feel the need to continually prove ourselves. While in another area that may come as easier to us, that perfectionism tendency actually works in our favor and we're more confident. So we don't actually drive ourselves in a hole and 
make it debilitating. So this was a very real experience of what it's like to be a perfectionist who really struggles with even acknowledging. And the same thing with my client. She had a really hard time believing that she was a perfectionist. She thought she was a caring, kind, and which she is absolutely empathic and just a really driven person who wants to do well and wants to be there and show up for everybody. And it took her reflecting and asking and actually mentioning to a couple of her, you know, her significant other and to her boss that, oh, this kind of came up and, you know, I was laughing about it. And they were all just looking at her and be like, well, yeah, you are. (laughs) And the reason I bring her up and the reason I talk about myself is when we create a label around ourselves, we have identified in certain ways, that's good, right? We've given it a name. We understand now what is happening. So it doesn't feel frustrating. It doesn't feel like an outer body experience. We can actually acknowledge like, okay, so this is what's happening. This is what it is. I get it. On the other hand, when we then take that label and we identify with it so closely that we have a hard time seeing all of the complexities and layers of it, that's where it can be really damaging because now that has become our identity and to give it a name that's usually, you know, associated with something that's not as good, then we personalize it and feel like we are not as good. So this is where I want to differentiate that being a perfectionist or having perfectionism tendencies is different, right? So I'm not a perfectionist, but I have perfectionist tendencies and traits. And the more that I can detach myself from that, the more that I can see like, okay, what are the traits of that? What is working for me? And what am I crossing the line in? And now it's actually creating more damage and consequences. So to go into this into a little bit more detail, there was a research that was done that combined a total of about 85 studies from over the past four decades. And this was conducted with, you know, putting into account 25,000 employees that were in the study. And what they're looking at is perfectionism. And is this a pro or con when it comes to your effectiveness in the workplace? So what they did find was that perfectionism is much bigger weakness than, you know, what otherwise assumed. And obviously it's not what we were looking to hear, but perfectionists, what they found are some positives that are in place, which include that perfectionists are more motivated and they work longer hours and they can be very engaged at work. And the results also indicate that perfectionism is strongly and consistently related to things like having a difficult time committing to things that are outside of professional career. And it includes higher level of burnout and stress and workaholism and anxiety and depression because there's so much focus on showing up in this career and showing up for your entrepreneurship and your business. And, you know, if you look at and think about how many hours you're working, what have you sacrificed to make this business a success? 
Who have you said no to? How many social events have you disappeared from? How many friends have you lost in the meantime? And not necessarily because anything happened, but because your work and your business and showing up became such a priority that everything else fell to the wayside. Now, you know, I want to acknowledge that we're talking about this from a work lens, but think about perfectionism from a personal lens too, because as a perfectionist, like I mentioned earlier, your tendencies show up more in one area than other. And it's the scale that we have this underlying root that we need to be, you know, quote unquote perfect. As you know, I don't like that word, but, and set unrealistic expectations for ourselves. But what that's leading is for us being hard on ourselves, critical and upset when things don't go as planned. So According to this research, what they found was that there's two types of perfectionism styles that exist. And the first one is called excellence seeking perfectionism. So this involves tendencies to fixate on and demand excessively high standards. So excellence seeking perfectionists not only want to evaluate their own performance, but they also hold high performance expectations from other people in their lives. So think about that from the lens of as you're building your business, as you're bringing people into your business, you know, you're hiring contractors, employees, people to help serve you and serve your team and your clients. What is the standard that you've set for them? Is that standard something where you've shown that, okay, well, I have this really high standard and you are going to meet this or is that high standard just unreasonable? Does it create an environment where you're continuously noticing that people are not staying with you because they feel like, wow, I don't think I can live up to these and I don't know if there's any room here for failure because if I am failing or if I'm not meeting these expectations and putting this pressure on myself, then, you know, I'm going to be considered not good enough. And that goes completely opposite of a leader who wants to empower their team to feel that they can show up vulnerably. So it's really looking at those qualities of an excellence seeking perfectionist who can notice that yes, absolutely have high standards, have quality standards, but continue to reflect and ask yourself, is this a realistic standard? Is this something that I can ask other people to measure up to? What is the consequences? Am I seeing that my team is working overtime all the time? Is my team starting to doubt themselves? When I'm having these one-on-one conversations with them, do they show up with saying yes to me, but then the work is falling to the wayside or they're not, the quality's going down, but yet they're struggling to tell me that I need help. And that may be because there's these expectations that are created where failure is not allowed. So thinking about it from that lens, right? That the excellence seeking perfectionist is somebody who has these high standards and as they're evaluating themselves and other people by it, is it evaluating it where it's realistic, where the quality is on par with the experience that the person brings? The second type of perfectionism is failure avoiding perfectionism. 
And this involves an obsessive concern to an aversion to failing to reach high performance standards. So this is where, you know, the failure avoiding perfectionists are constantly worried that their work is not quite right or good enough and believe they will not, you know, that they will lose respect and that they will be looked as an embarrassment. So someone who struggles with this, to be honest, I feel like I can relate to both of these. And when it comes to the failure avoiding, how many times have you avoided putting an offer out there, putting a product out there, sharing an idea because the idea isn't ready yet. It's not baked enough yet. Oh, I need to put some more thought into it where you're coming up with all these ideas, but then you're worrying about all the pieces of how it's going to come together. So it's easier to ignore it and say, okay, it's not ready yet. I need another week. You delay your launches, the fear of failing, the fear of not getting enough people signing up for your programs, all of that starts coming up and you're constantly worried and you're thinking, well, my product isn't ready yet. That is a failure avoiding perfectionism. So that one is being so critical on ourselves and not trusting that just like everyone else, I'm going to figure it out too. And the only way to know if your idea is a good one, the only way to know if your offer, your service is exactly what your clients need or your ideal client is looking for is by putting it out there, is by trial and error. And this is what organizations do. This is what, you know, a startup is. So thinking about it from the lens of the only way that I'm going to know if the work that I put in here is exactly what is needed or it's a success is by actually trial and error. And the piece is realizing that when we're putting something out there, yes, we've put a lot of hard work in it, but also looking at it from a lens of, well, you know, if it doesn't go well, it's not a reflection of me. This is great data to know and see that, okay, well, now I can see why this didn't work. What pieces of it were off? What could have been put here instead? And flipping it more into a puzzle that you get to solve. So detaching it from that, you know, if a launch didn't go as well as you hoped, if a product didn't deliver the way that you wanted to, that you're able to still detach yourself from it and look at that as a opportunity of growth. So the results in this research show that performance and perfectionism are not actually related to each other. And perfectionists are not better or worse performers than non-perfectionists. So when someone is a excellence-seeking perfectionist and there is somebody else that is would not be categorized as a perfectionist. There is no correlation that one is better than the other. So it's possible though, that the perfectionist is going to spend way too much time on perfecting something, a work project and neglecting other tasks. And think about a time when you did this. And by spending too much time on trying to perfect that certain work that you ended up burning out, and you're never being satisfied, refusing to accept the recognition or compliments for it, and maybe even justifying and dismissing the compliments because in your mind, the work product 
is never good enough. So how can I accept a compliment? How can I accept recognition for this when I know that it's not good enough? I can tell you, I've been there so many times. You know, even when I was younger and I was a dancer and choreographing dances, performing on stage, and sometimes when I was performing as a solo dancer, nobody knows if I messed up. No one has any idea. And I would get recognition for the performance. I would be, you know, asked to then choreograph more dances. But in my head, I'm thinking, what? I messed up so many times. It could have been so much better. No amount of times of practice is ever good enough. And even with my entrepreneurship, you know, thinking about how many times I wrote that sales page, how many times I spoke about the program, how many times the content that I created for my clients in my group program, I continue to feel like, well, is that enough? And now as I have clients going through it and they're reaching their aha moments and they're having transformations and they're having breakthroughs, you know, because I've worked on my own mindset around perfectionism, I'm actually able to embrace that because what I'm recognizing and what I have recognized is that the work and content that I'm putting out there for my clients is meeting them where they are. And as they are transforming, as they are growing and blossoming, I can continue to support them with additional content as they move into that next stage. So I don't need to fill this one module with every single thing that I know, because that will also be overwhelming my clients. That would be overwhelming them. So how do we pace it? And that is the other piece about perfectionism is learning to pace yourself, learning to know that not everything has to be done in this one moment alone. And that there's a reason why so many business coaches say to focus on that one thing. So You know, alternatively, the advantage of that perfectionism tendencies are where you're able to look at that high bar and look at the quality that you have, that you're producing and know that your clients are always going to walk away knowing that you care so much about their success and you care so much about wanting to give them everything that you have put your hard work into this. It's just setting those boundaries for yourself. There's another study that actually complements this study that I just talked about, where this new study had looked at 43 research case studies, and they also continued to confirm those two different types of perfectionism. And what they found with that, and which just really reiterates it, is that, you know, the difference between what comes down for a perfectionist standard for someone for themselves or for others is when you're setting yourself up for continual failure by setting the bar so high that no one can actually meet it. So it's this continual narrative of I'm not good enough. It's this continual narrative of I don't deserve this. And that's where perfectionism can be really dangerous. The dangerous part of perfectionism is when you're constantly worrying about making mistakes and letting others down or not measuring up to your own impossible, unrealistic high standard. And the consequence of this is that incessant sense of failure and worry and how that's going to actually contribute to like serious health problems. 
you know, depression, anxiety, eating disorder, fatigue. And this is where when you see those high stressed moments and now the workaholics who are having a hard time detaching themselves from work and they've created their entire identity by this and they're constantly worried that my image and my work is my definition of who I am. So it's really hard to separate that and look at themselves as no, your work doesn't define you. It's a part of you. It's a part of what you do. Now, I've definitely mentioned a lot of, you know, the bad and things that it can, how it can be detrimental. And when we're looking at, you know, the good pieces is that if instead of failing to meet your own expectations and worrying about it, you insist on giving your best and you think about it from a place of like, you know, being a professional positive. So in this, it's someone who has, you know, a high personal standard and works in with goals in a proactive manner. So they are more focused on a sense of accomplishments and they are concerned more with the way that, you know, they're meeting those accomplishments and every time they meet it, they celebrate it. And they're like, yes, got another one. And it's that competitive nature that comes out with yourself to grow, but you're also at the same time celebrating each moment and recognizing how far you've come each time you hit a milestone. So even when it comes to perfectionism, my friends, It's not about defining yourself through these labels, but it's to look at this opportunity and to reflect what parts of perfectionism are working for me and where am I crossing the line into this danger zone that's debilitating my success and from honoring your authentic, unapologetic self. And it's a journey and it's a lifelong journey if this is something that you really resonate with. Because to show up unapologetically, to show up authentically, to really see that the first step is really raising that awareness and looking at the times where it's like when you're really tired, you're exhausted, you've run yourself down, thinking about you know how your health is operating. And for me, having an autoimmune you know illness and struggling with this, and you know every day the level of stress that I put on my body is such a big part of why I create more realistic expectations for myself around my business, it was so important because unless I shifted, and this is literally something, you know, my doctors told me that unless you shift the way that you're working in your business, unless you really shift dramatically and significantly how I am operating in my business and in my life, then my health is going to continue to deteriorate. And that was my wake up call to realizing that, yes, I'm a very driven person. I have a lot of goals that I want to hit and I'm barely getting started. And there's so much, I'm an ideas person. I'm very passionate about it. I love sharing this with all of you. However, It's pacing myself and recognizing how can I show up for my clients? How can I show up for my community 
in a container where I'm continuing to hit those milestones. I'm continuing to support, but I can do it in a way that allows me to also take care of myself and not overexert myself to the point where I'm never happy and I'm never satisfied and that I'm not looking at my milestones because if I'm not doing that, then how the heck can I be teaching this? So really addressing perfectionism for me was really looking at it for what are the skills of perfectionism, the traits of perfectionism that I really want to keep, which includes the drive, the motivation, the high quality work, the being present with my clients and showing them what it means to really work consistently and building a resilient mindset. However, the pieces of that unrealistic expectation, those goals that are so high that it's completely you know, out of my league, whenever I get to a point where I start thinking about that and I start, you know, going down that track, I'll pull myself back by saying to myself, can I really get that done? How is that going to affect me? What are the consequences if I go down this road? What am I sacrificing by doing this? And am I going down the same path that put me in a position where it really affected my health. And if any of those answers are not good, then that means this isn't a goal that I need to set for myself. If it means that I need to reevaluate, that I don't work with as many clients, but what I do for those clients is high quality work, then that's what I'm going to do. And that's where even building a group program where I can show up for all my clients in a container where it sets these realistic goals for them that I've given everything to them. But I know that as I'm working through it, that I'm setting goals for them and for myself that are actually doable, that I'm role modeling exactly what it is that I want my clients to really excel in, which is to really honor themselves and to release the worry and the stress of what will other people think? What will other people see this as? And remembering that ultimately we're all human and we're all figuring it out and we're all going through life and just, you know, seeing what's the next best thing for us. And we can pivot whenever we want to. So my friends, As you're reflecting on perfectionism and you're thinking about your goals, your tendencies, your drive, what's coming up for you, think about that for yourself of how is this affecting me and how do I want to truly show up for myself and for my business and for my family, for my, for my life? What does that look like for me? So with that, I'll leave you. And again, I love hearing from all of you. So if this is a episode that really resonated with you, then, you know, always feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, DM me, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are around perfectionism in your life. Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. 
And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry. DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.